I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. In the last episode, I was talking about culture shock uh, experiences in London. So I've worked in London for, for ages and ages for, you know, lots of years. And um, I met lots of students from around the world. And uh, they would often ask me the same questions, things that, that they didn't understand about London life or things that um, confused them or frustrated them. Things like, um, you know, the food, the the public transport system, even uh, why we have two taps in the bathroom. Um, and I have decided that I'm going to go through a list of the most common complaints that students have had about life in London and then try and explain the the reasons why these things happen as a way of attempting to just clarify um, the reasons. Okay. Um, All right. So I'm going to carry on. In the last one, I got through about the first seven items in the list and I dealt with uh, these things I talked about these things in the last episode um, let's just have a look at my list here um, we've had uh, why do you have separate a separate hot tap and a separate cold tap that has been dealt with now um, fine the I found the reasons you'll have to listen to the previous episode to listen to them again why do you have elect why don't you have electrical sockets in the bathroom done uh, the food is so plain and unhealthy. Uh, the weather is miserable. It's always raining. Why do you drive on the left? Uh, trains are always late and they're often full. Um, why are there so many foreigners here? I haven't met a real English person yet. Um, okay, so let's carry on with the list. And I've got, um, I'm now going to do point eight in the list until point 22. So let's get down to business. Um, so we've got, it's too expensive it's too expensive in London. Um, yes, it is. Yes, I agree. You're right. Point taken. It is definitely too expensive. Why? Well, I mean, the pound is strong. Generally, the pound tends to be strong. Um, it's quite a developed economy and the, usually the pound is quite strong. Um, but in London, you know, uh, it's a very desirable place to live. And so naturally prices creep upwards. Also, there are lots of very rich people living in London. Uh, lots of uh, people working in finance who earn massive amounts of money. And so they can afford uh, expensive accommodation. They can afford to pay a lot of money for food. And so because of all these rich people who've got lots of money to spend, generally it causes the, the prices to inflate. So yes, I agree, it is too expensive. And that's really annoying. So I agree. I accept that point. Number nine is the beer is warm. The beer is warm. Some people seem to complain about the temperature of the beer that they buy in pubs. And um, to an extent, I agree with this. Okay, now some types of beer, like traditional beers, for example, English ale, um, English um, 
bitter, for example, those beers are supposed to be served um, at a slightly higher temperature. I mean, they're not warm. They shouldn't be heated up, but they probably served at around room temperature, maybe slightly colder. Now, other beers like lager, that's like your kind of your blonde beers, like Heineken, Carlsberg, Stella Artois, um, things like that. Now, I believe they should be served nice and cold. And I accept that often in pubs in England, those types of beers are not served cold enough. And it often annoys me. I can't stand getting a pint on a nice uh, summer's day and the pint isn't cold enough because the beer needs to be really cold for it to be fully refreshing. So that annoys me too. Why Why is the beer not often cold enough? It could be because of bad cellar management. The cellar is the uh, room beneath the pub, under the pub, in the ground, where they keep all the barrels of beer. So it could be that the, the temperature of the cellar is not regulated properly, or it could just be that the glass that the beer has been served in has just come out of the washing machine like if it's a busy pub then they have to wash glasses very regularly and so the glasses go into the washing machine they come straight out and they're still a bit hot and then you know the barman uses that to serve a beer and you get given a beer in a warm glass and so that's you know it's not good enough is it um, it could also be where the glasses are stored. Sometimes the, the glasses are put on shelves um, and the shelves might be right next to a fridge, you know, a refrigerator. And refrigerators give off heat. So it could be that the glasses are sitting there kind of warmed by the refrigerator and then the beer is served into a warm glass. It's not good enough, is it, really? No, it annoys me. I, I prefer to get a beer in a cold glass. When I lived in Japan, they... Uh, would often keep their glasses in the freezer so the glass was all sort of frosted and then they'd serve the beer into a frosted glass Mm, that's great because it's really nice and fresh Um, number 10 the houses are old and drafty a draft is when okay if you're sitting next to the window the window's closed but you can still feel like a little bit of like air or a little bit of cold air on the back of your neck it still feels a little bit cold it's like the room isn't fully insulated that little movement of cold air into the room is called a draft okay so it's true a lot of houses in london might be a bit old and a bit drafty Um, so i do agree with this actually in many cases old buildings are not very efficient they're not very energy efficient or well insulated Many buildings in London are from the Victorian era and therefore have, for example, the original Victorian windows. They let the drafts in sometimes. They don't keep out the cold as well as they should. So it may be necessary for people to install secondary double glazing. That's like another layer of glass, um, you know, uh, inside the window to add some insulation but this is often a bit expensive and plenty of people just choose not to do it okay here are now some explanations for uh, why perhaps our windows are a bit drafty or why you might find it a little bit cold in your bedroom in england all right so a it can be expensive to replace the windows with modern ones Some buildings are just cheap and poorly maintained because life in London is really expensive and people are attempting to make a living. So some landlords are greedy and they just don't care about their tenants. So they're not willing to spend lots of money on replacing the windows. 
also if you're a student staying in like cheap short let accommodation you might get slightly poor facilities even if it seems expensive to you you might be renting property which is actually a lot cheaper than the market average so sorry about that you might just be um, like if you're getting cheap student accommodation it might be that you know the windows are a bit drafty sorry and if you paid more I know it's really expensive, but if you paid more, you might get, you know, modern windows and fully um, refurbished and fully insulated uh, properties. Um, B, point B, in England, we generally don't feel the cold as much as you, depending on where you come from. But, you know, if you're from like Spain, for example, certainly in the south of Spain, the general ambient temperature is going to be warmer. So you're going to feel the cold a lot more than us. So for us, what's normal, you know, for, uh, the normal temperature for us is going to feel cold for you. So your landlords might not notice, you know, your landlord or your host family in England might not notice that uh, it's actually a bit cold. And so you come from nice warm countries and uh, for you, it's freezing and you can feel the drafts and you feel like, how, you know, I need to wear a scarf. It's like winter. Well, for us, that's normal. We've developed, you know, we, we're used to it. Um, so that might be, that might be it. Um, uh, also, you're, you're quite far north. It's just colder. Okay, it's just colder up there. So blame geography. It's not our fault. It's just the nature of, you know, uh, meteorology or whatever. So it just gets colder when you go further north. I mean, that seems obvious, but people seem to forget it. Um, there may be there also may be old laws that protect the windows in these old buildings. So although these windows aren't as effective as modern ones, they do add some value to a property because they are the original traditional Victorian windows, for example. In London, we do value the tradition and the craftsmanship of these old windows. Ultimately, that is perhaps more important than the energy efficiency of the windows. You know, like when you go to buy a house, if you're looking around visiting houses with an estate agent, often the, the estate agent will refer to the windows as, a, as a, an advantage, a selling point. Like this house is fantastic because it's got all the original old Victorian sash windows. And you think, oh, lovely old Victorian windows. Fantastic. Original, traditional. So that somehow increases the value of these old properties. So we just you might find it a bit ridiculous um, or a bit strange, but we value that kind of tradition over um, over even things like windows that uh, effectively keep out drafts. Yeah. Um, okay. There are also, you know, plenty of new buildings in London which are constructed with excellent modern windows and insulation, of course. So we are perfectly capable of installing good windows. Um, so to an extent, I agree with this complaint. I understand that it might be a bit annoying to have like a slightly cold bedroom, but there are plenty of decent reasons for it. Um, I do wish that some of those old windows could be repaired. Maybe that, you know, it, all it would take is for some clever companies to find ways of replacing traditional windows with new windows that look just as good as the old ones and that retain some of the traditional value of the old ones and yet 
are really um, efficient, that would be good, wouldn't it? I'm sure that someone's working on it and they're probably developing nice-looking modern windows that somehow um, retain the class of the old traditional Victorian ones. Um, Number 11, the people are so reserved. They don't talk to each other on the train. Okay, so if you've ever taken the tube, you might notice that people just kind of sit there, not making eye contact. Uh, no one talks to each other. People like to just sort of stay in their own little world. They keep themselves to themselves and they mind their own business. Um, one reason for not making conversation on the underground is because we just don't want to disturb the people around us. Okay, the city is so big that you're unlikely to see the same person again. So what's the point in kind of trying to get to know a stranger on the train uh, when it's it's not really the right time or place to make friends with someone? So it's not that people are, are unfriendly. People are perfectly friendly. In fact, you'll find that they will help you if you need something. If you ask politely, they'll, they're more than glad to help you. But just don't expect to make friends on the tube right away. The train or bus is not really the place for this. It's more likely that you're going to make friends with English people in some sort of social situation. Uh, We don't want to get stuck in a conversation for ages on a long journey. All right. We tend to just give each other personal space. We don't invade each other's lives too much. We don't impose ourselves on other people. So if you're kind of cool and you know the rules, then you'll understand this. I'm sure it's the same in many other cities that on crowded public transport, you're not talking to each other because that would just be awkward and weird you know it's already uncomfortable enough that you're all squeezed in there together but you don't now have to feel obliged to talk to someone that you don't know and who you're never going to see again um um, it can be a bit stressful or traumatic to be stuffed into a train so close to everyone so kind of making eye contact or talking can be uncomfortable because people don't have the option to escape from the situation uh people don't want to be forced to be rude as well you know like they don't want to have to start a conversation which they will then be obliged to 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 finish it's just it seems to be embarrassing if someone starts talking to you and you just don't want to talk to them because you've got other things to think about and you're in a rush and you're thinking about work and stuff like that so you know people just prefer not to start the conversation in the first place and there is a shared understanding on the underground that you just you know people mind their own business and and so on um it's possible to talk to other people on the tube but normally you do it you just make a kind of a quick comment um and don't expect the other person to carry on the conversation um so for example if you hear an announcement uh on the tube that you didn't you know if there's an announcement like the train on the the platform for uh, 15 minutes delay and you think oh oh god i didn't catch that what was that then it's quite normal to just sort of say to another person sorry what did he say or sorry did you catch that announcement interesting that we say sorry at the beginning sorry did you just did you hear that Sorry is just a, a a natural thing you say at the beginning as a, as a way of kind of saying, I don't mean to bother you and I don't want this to be inconvenient and don't worry, I'm not going to keep talking to you. It's okay. Um, it kind of breaks the ice. Um, so that's quite normal to, to make a quick comment or ask a quick question, but don't expect to then become the person's friend afterwards. Um, 
people can be reserved it's true in england but it doesn't mean that we're mean we're not mean people uh, just because people respect each other's personal space it doesn't mean that we're all cold-hearted and unfriendly in fact i think it's it's quite inconsiderate no i think it's quite considerate to not impose yourself on other people when they have busy lives to deal with so we're actually just nice you know we just don't want to we don't want to have to rudely end a conversation uh we just respect each other's personal space so it's not that we're just not nice people we're perfectly nice we just um understand that we respect each other's privacy in the in a, in a big city where everyone has to live together um number 12 why don't people carry umbrellas even when it's raining so I heard this a lot in Japan. A lot of my Japanese students who'd been to England, and one of the things they noticed was that English people didn't seem to carry umbrellas, and that they would often sort of get wet in the rain. Now I think in Japan people are very conscious of um, protecting themselves from the elements, like they they shade themselves from the sun, and if there's rain they cover themselves because if they get wet they don't want to catch a cold. Well, I suppose it's it's. Um, fairly normal in england to not carry an umbrella around with you why because well it can rain any time in england you know we have like showers it's not we don't just have a rainy season we have showers at any time of the year and showers don't necessarily last all day they could just last a couple of hours or even just 10 minutes so um we don't want to carry an umbrella with us all the time because there's always the possibility of rain so it's kind of annoying to have to carry an umbrella all the time instead you just sort of take a chance you know you expect that sometimes you're going to get a little bit wet but it's okay just kind of run for some cover somewhere and wait for the rain to stop so yeah we we don't carry umbrellas all the time because we can't be bothered to constantly have umbrellas every day because that's just inconvenient instead we've just learned to accept that every now and then we might get a little bit wet in a rain shower and um that's just the way it is i don't no i don't think that english people catch a cold more often than anyone else i expect our immune system has learnt to cope with the fact that we just get a little bit wet every now and then and as long as we wrap up warm and dry ourselves off off afterwards then we're fine um next one the internet is so slow here the internet is so slow these days the internet is a bit better but compared to some countries like you know famously south korea and also um in uh, sweden and, and other places where they have super brilliant internet connections yes it's true the uk is probably lagging behind a little bit in terms of its internet connectivity um but uh, it it's probably the case that people who complain about slow internet are people who live in like residences you know students who are living in halls of residence or students who are using the internet connection in a school in a large shared building and so naturally the internet connection is going to be worse in those big shared spaces because so many people are connecting to the network at the same time it's going to slow the system down so i don't think it's fair to say that the internet is generally a lot slower in the country as a whole it's just probably slightly slower than in your country and certainly if you're using a shared internet network in a in a large building or a residence or something then naturally the internet's going to be less reliable um but it's true we do lag behind some other countries in terms of our internet connectivity and i hope that that improves soon because um oh there's nothing better than good internet is there oh it's great nice you know high speed internet connection is just 
well, it's, it's a human right, isn't it? It's a basic human right these days. Um, number 14, you just don't make any effort to speak other languages here. It's just English and that's it. Well, this question has been answered before on Luke's English podcast and we know that it's probably a question of necessity. Um, the fact is that English is the first language, well, first language? English is the world's second language at the moment anyway. And so there isn't so much of a need for English people to learning, uh, learn English. No. There isn't so much of a need for English people to learn another language. I mean, we do, but often we do it just for fun, as a hobby. Um, so that's the reason, I guess, just that we don't have to. It's a pity, I think, that more English people should learn other languages because it's healthy. It's good to learn another language. It's good for your brain. Um, it's just good for... Um, just to, it's, it's a good way to keep your brain fresh. Uh, apparently learning a second language can prevent alzheimer's and dementia because it's keeps the brain fresh and healthy and challenged um and also it just generally culturally it's good to learn other languages because it gives you perspective you learn more about other cultures you also learn more about the way in which a language operates you learn about sentence structure which gives you more perspective on the way that you use your language so learning other language uh, learning another language is good to generate perspective um, so i think that people should but um i think it's fairly understandable why in england we don't do it enough because we don't need to do it so much. I think what English people should be doing, though, is learning how to communicate with foreigners more effectively. Um, the English people need to be more aware of ways in which they can grade their English so that um, uh, non-native speakers of English can understand them more easily. That would help. That's a question of intercultural communication and um, being conscious of what is easy to understand in English and what is difficult to understand in English. Um, number 15. Why do the pubs close at 11pm? I'm just getting ready to go out. I'm just getting ready to go out at 11 o'clock. Yes, I agree. It's annoying that pubs traditionally close at 11. It's too early. Um, things are changing because um, not that long ago, uh, new laws were introduced that allowed pubs to stay open late and a lot of them do they stay open later than 11 o'clock now but it's a bit more expensive for them to stay open later because they've got to you know pay for their staff and all that kind of thing so a lot of clubs a uh, lot of clubs a lot of pubs still close at 11 p.m which is annoying because when the club clubs because I'm saying pubs close I'm getting confused between pubs and clothes and so it's clubs is what I'm saying a spoonerism, I suppose. Anyway, when the pubs do close at 11, that's annoying. And it forces a certain kind of... It encourages a certain kind of drinking culture where people go to the pub, they know that the pub will stop serving drinks at 11, and so they drink more. They binge drink. They're in a rush to drink more. And then at 11 o'clock, the pubs th um, eject everyone so they can close and all these drunk people hit the streets and then you get kind of that chaotic situation in an english town on a friday night at 12 p.m where there's loads of drunk people in the street and they're all trying to find a place to keep drinking uh yes i am um, why why do they close at 11 the best answer i can give is just that's the tradition it's changing but many pubs still stick with the tradition and, and finish at 11 o'clock um maybe it's just the the weather you know um 
tends to be colder at night here so people tend to you know go out earlier uh, to take advantage of the the be- slightly better weather earlier in the evening um whereas in other countries like in spain for example people don't go out until much much later it's just the way it is it's just different okay um in london it's you know you can find places that stay open all hours in london because it's such a diverse place um number 16 english people aren't civilized they go to the pub and they just drink and drink standing up without eating um you may have a point about being civilized it's a bit crazy to not eat dinner and to just drink beer standing up in a pub without eating there's this there's this thing in england people say eating is cheating eating is cheating that's right the idea being that um uh, if you go out with your mates for a night out and you just drink then you you're not a real man if you need to eat something okay and that only um only the real men just drink and they they uh they don't eat because if you eat the the food in your stomach absorbs some of the alcohol you're drinking and it makes it easier for you to carry on so if people say eating is cheating they're saying that you're cheating i didn't realize it was a competition to be honest i didn't realize it was a competition to be like who could be the the you know the most sort of macho man who doesn't need to eat i can just keep drinking i don't need to eat me because eating's cheating i think that's kind of nonsense so i agree with that criticism i think it's silly that people don't eat and i i i I think it's changing a bit because now of course we've got lots of pubs that serve good food and it's possible to eat a decent dinner when you're out drinking and so on but still in many places people will consider eating to be cheating which is ridiculous really um cigarettes are ridiculously expensive that's number 17 it's true they are ridiculously expensive the 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 um solution to this issue is just don't smoke of course don't smoke cigarettes it's it's just another reason for you not to smoke um obviously it's extremely bad for your health uh but uh it's also extremely bad for your wallet as well so you shouldn't do it now what how does this happen well the government has decided that they agree that it's very unhealthy for people to smoke but they're not going to ban smoking because that's too extreme and also they don't want to upset the cigarette companies i expect Um, so instead what they do is they just keep raising tax on cigarettes so this achieves a number of things for the government on one hand it allows the government to um Uh, collect more tax revenue from sales of cigarettes it also allows the government to sort of appease the the those people who who try to promote health in the country so they're saying well yeah we're raising tax on cigarettes no one's going to complain about it because it's unhealthy and the people who smoke well they don't really have a leg to stand on because um ultimately they shouldn't be smoking because it's so unhealthy um so that's the justification for the government they just say well we can raise tax on it because you shouldn't really be smoking anyway because it's unhealthy there you go so the you know smokers don't have that many rights um these days um all right 
Number 18. People speak really fast here and don't try to help me understand. Well, I did say before that uh, a lot of English people do need to consider uh, the ways in which they talk to non-native speakers of English and maybe think about grading the language a little bit. But, I mean, they shouldn't do it too much because otherwise you'll never learn, uh, you'll never ever learn English to the, the, you know, the full advanced proficient level if everyone simplifies everything they say when they speak to you. I think there's probably a middle ground somewhere where people are, are conscious of the ways in which you're failing to understand what they say and adapting a bit, but not too much. Um, because if they adapt too much, then it's going to sound sort of patronizing and overly simplistic and it's not going to help you with your English. So I think this is to an extent just something you have to accept that when you meet uh, native English speakers, that uh, they're not going to understand the challenges that you face. Um, so you might just need to remind them, sorry, I d it's difficult to understand. Could you slow down a little bit? And if you do it nicely, then usually they'll be more than glad to to um, slow down a bit. Um, OK, I, th I think, if, to be honest, most English people are willing to help you understand. It's just that they don't realise how difficult it is for you. Um, it's not that English people don't care. It's just they don't realise that it's it's so difficult, maybe because they don't have many experiences of, of uh, trying to communicate in a second language. They should do. Uh, number 19, when English people do the washing up, they use too much soap and then don't rinse the soap off when they've finished. That's like leaving poison on your plates. I, th I agree with that. Um, when you're doing the washing up, a lot of people, some people, when they're doing the washing up, they fill the, the, the basin with hot water they squirt in some washing up liquid and then with that soapy water they clean up their plates and then they just put the plates onto the draining area but they don't rinse off the soapy water which is stupid isn't it i think that the soapy water should be rinsed off i noticed in japan people do the washing up in a different way first of all they take the sponge and they get it all soapy so there's lots of bubbles and foam on it and they wash all of the stuff with all of that foam that's stage one. So then you get loads of stuff in the sink that's all f covered in foam and soap bubbles and stuff. And then they just rinse all of that off and leave it to drain. In England, what you do is you, as I said, fill the basin with, with hot water, put the soap in, wash it like that, and then leave it to drain. Um, but people should remember to rinse all of the soapy water off because otherwise you're just eating chemicals that are left on your plates. I mean, we maybe we're just not kind of we're not such hypochondriacs. We're not so sensitive to these things, and that's why we don't do it. Um, maybe we should be, but um, t I mean, yeah, that's probably it. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that English people should wash up better. Okay, English people, learn how to wash up properly. Okay, I'm sure that not everyone washes up like that. Lots of people rinse all their soaps. Uh, off the plates before they they dry them i'm sure they do uh, uh tell you who doesn't though my dad he's terrible he's always leaving soapy plates on the draining area you have to rinse it all off again come on dad work it out um next number 20 they have carpet everywhere what is this carpet land carpet world it's true traditionally in english houses we do have carpet everywhere but i think it's just because we think for us it's cozy and comfortable and warmer maybe it's a temperature thing that um um it's not like we have like arctic temperatures 
arctic cold it's just kind of cold enough for us to want it to be a little bit cozy so yeah we do have carpets on the floor because we it's comfortable it's normal but more and more houses are now just putting kind of wooden floors uh, because the heating systems are more effective and so we don't need carpets carpet in the toilet is is very uncommon these days in my experience so yes you might find carpet more and more in england uh, sorry you might find carpet more in england than in your country that's just because it's normal we find it cozy and nice um but i agree that it's probably better to take the shoes off it's just that no one does it and you feel like a you feel like you're being a bit petty and a bit bossy if you tell people to take their shoes off it's like oh sorry can you take your shoes off please you know you're going to come across as like overly um uh particular you know like a bit anal if you uh, ask people to take their shoes off all the time so it's just normal so it's hard to bring in it's hard to introduce the culture of taking shoes off before entering a house in england because not you know hardly anyone does it uh but i agree that it's better so point taken on that one um okay um next item on the list is uh that the british have a strange sense of humor and uh naturally i don't agree with that um I think what it is is that people just don't understand our sense of humour. They're not able to identify the subtleties and the nuances there. Um, and uh, so that's it. We have a very detailed, very deve- well-developed sense of humour. Like, for example, in some countries they might uh, savour uh, wine, like in France, Italy, Spain, or many other places. They might kind of have a very fine appreciation of wine. And every bottle is different and it's, uh, um, you know, people taste the wine and they enjoy it a lot and they become very specialised in it. Well, in England, um, we feel that way about comedy and we have a very refined, very well-developed sense of comedy and a comedy industry and lots of comedy on TV. So actually, it's not fair to say we have no sense of humour. We've got a very well-developed sense of humour or a sense of uh, comedy on TV and stuff. It's just that not everyone is equipped to understand it. Maybe there's irony and surrealism um, in there, but um, it's just subtle humour. It's kind of cerebral, brainy humour. So if I, you can't say that the English have no sense of humour. It's it's quite the opposite. We've got a very well developed sense of humour. Um, I had that once. I was, I had, um, I was teaching a class about cross cultural communication, and um, one student just said to me, "Oh, the, uh, oh British humour," and she started using British humour as a pejorative term, like British humour meaning no humour. You know, oh, this is a British joke, meaning this is a joke that's not funny. Yeah, well, you know, shove off. That's not true. It's just that you don't understand the joke. So I find that to be a little bit narrow-minded. Right, on this note, I think it's time to finish this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Where are we? How many minutes is this? 35 to 30 minutes. Okay, fine. Good. I think I've dealt with the culture shock topic. There's obviously way more to say on this subject. But uh, I think I'm going to stop talking to you now. There'll be you know loads of other stuff coming up in the future how are you by the way i haven't asked you that for a while how are you you good yeah what's uh what have you been up to today yeah really really oh okay 
well you know yeah fine that's you just feel free do whatever you like i mean i don't mind i'm not going to judge you for doing that i mean um uh, i don't know what uh i don't know what uh, everyone else is going to think but uh, it's fine by me well yes well no you don't have to tell them no well I, yeah okay oh that's good that now that would be really nice oh yeah thanks thanks a lot oh yeah no one no it's really nice to hear that yeah i don't hear that very much so it's always good to know oh I, oh that now that would be great no thank you very much no, i really appreciate that well i just do my best don't i do you realize that you're having a conversation with me um you, you are okay fine <sighs> okay I've, I've just done about something like 90 minutes of podcasting so i'm now going to stop talking i'm going to have another cup of tea and i'm going to do the washing up and you'll be glad to know i will be thoroughly rinsing all the plates and dishes and glasses and knives and forks and things so there will be no washing up liquid left when i'm done all right thanks very much for listening uh if you appreciate my work then uh, you could always send me a donation uh, visit teacherluke.co.uk you'll find at the bottom of the screen bottom left of the screen now there's a little donation button and you might find them in other places um, under audio uh, episodes as well um, bottom left hand corner of the screen there's a donate button um, do send me your donations because i'm i'm although i've got some ads on my site i get something like 10p a day 10 pence a day that's like 0.1 pounds a day from my advertising it's not very much is it uh, a note on the advertising um, um a lot of people use ad blockers on their internet browsers ad blockers are programs or bits of software that block any google ads which appear on websites so you don't see them um now i've put a few google ads onto my website as a desperate attempt to gain some revenue from doing luke's english podcast um the ads don't generate much money but if you've got an ad blocker on your site and you don't see any of the ads it means that i'm not getting any revenue from from that either it gets nothing so um do consider removing the ad block for luke's english podcast um, it's quite simple to do usually the ad blocker has a little icon a little button on the browser at the top somewhere you can just click that and select don't run on this page and that way i'll, I'll at least get some you know little bits of revenue just from the fact that you saw the ads you don't have to click on them um, hopefully they're not too distracting for you um, you don't even have to click on them just the fact that you visited the page which has the ads embedded on it that means i'll get a tiny little um, addition to my uh, advertising revenue you could click on those things it'll just take you to a page that will give you information about i don't know it's probably like learning english somewhere or some other bit of advertising you could click on it that'll get me a bit more money you don't have to of course um or if you you know if you sincerely appreciate the the work that i do for you for free then do consider sending a donation i don't like to talk about it too much because you know i just i don't want to go on about it um but it does make a big difference and it helps me to keep doing the podcast helps me to cover for it helps me to cover like web hosting costs and other costs and things it also just makes it worthwhile makes it easier for me to justify doing it 
uh, as well so do consider making a donation you can just give me as as little or as much as you like using paypal i'm looking at different ways of allowing you to donate and different options in the future um for now i'm going to i'm now going to stop talking about donations um and i will speak to you again soon shall i sing you a song yes i will okay i'm gonna i'm gonna sing a song for you um so if you don't want to hear me singing, then this is the, ep- the end of the episode. If you'd like to hear me do something, then stick around because I'm going to sing something for you. I'm going to pause the podcast because I need to go and get my guitar and I need to decide wh- what I'm going to sing. Guitar or ukulele? I'm going to get the ukulele because it's, it's a happier sound, isn't it? You can't be sad with a ukulele playing. No. So I'm just going to pause it. I'm going to choose a song and then I'm going to play it to you. But if you don't want to hear the song, you don't have to. You can stop listening whenever you want. All right. Good. All right. I've picked a song and it's called Ape Man. And it's by the Kinks, who were a popular group from the 60s and 70s. They come from London. And here it is. Sorry in advance for my singing. But, you know, I'm an English teacher. I'm not a pro but I'm going to give it my best shot. Here you go with Ape Man by The Kinks. I think I'm so sophisticated Cos I'm living my life Like a good homo sapien But all around me everybody's multiplying And they're walking around like flies, man so I'm no better than the animals sitting in their cages in the zoo, man. Cause compared to the flowers and the birds and the trees, I am an ape man. I think I'm so educated and I'm so civilized cause I'm a strict vegetarian. With the overpopulation and inflation and starvation and the crazy politicians. I don't feel safe in this world no more I don't want to die in a nuclear war I just want to sail to a distant shore And make like an ape man I'm an ape man, I'm an ape ape man Oh I'm an ape man I'm a King Kong man, I'm a voodoo man Oh I'm an ape man Cause compared to the sun that sits in the sky Compared to the clouds as they roll on by Compared to the bugs and the spiders and flies I am an ape man In man's evolution he's created the city And the motor traffic rumble But he'd give me half a chance I'd be taking off my clothes And living in the jungle the only time that I feel at ease Is swinging up and down in a coconut tree What a life of luxury to live Like an ape man I'm an ape man, I'm an ape ape man Oh I'm an ape man I'm a King Kong man, I'm a voodoo man Oh I'm an ape man I look out the window but I can't see the sky is a fogging up my eyes I want to get out of the city alive And make like an ape man I'm an ape man, I'm an ape ape man Oh I'm an ape man I'm a King Kong man, I'm a voodoo man Oh I'm an ape man 
I'll be your Tarzan, you'll be my Jane. I'll keep you warm and you'll keep me sane. We'll sit in the trees, eat bananas all day, just like an ape man. I'm an ape man, I'm an ape ape man, oh I'm an ape man. I'm a King Kong man, I'm a voodoo man, oh I'm an ape man. I don't feel safe in this world no more. I don't wanna die in a nuclear war. I just wanna sail to a distant shore and make like an ape. for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.